him, he equips us for the job at hand. He equips us. Some of you may say, well, I don't know how to run a camera. I don't want to go back and work in the media. I don't want to go back and work in the AV. I don't know how to, how to work a computer. I didn't know either. I didn't know how to work a computer. And one of the first things I had to figure out was how to build a website for the church. It was sad, but it was up, right? It was sad, but it was up. Hallelujah. When we first learned how to live stream, they were saying, we can't do it with the equipment we have. It might not have been what it is today, but we got it, we got it accomplished. We, we, I didn't know how to do it, and I just prayed, and Lord, help me. We need this to happen. Lord, help me. Amen? So when we accept the call, he calls us. When we accept the call, we don't have to have all of the understanding. Praise God. You've got people who will train you. In departments, you don't have to know. We've got a manual. You can just follow the manual. Press this button. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot easier if you've got help. Amen. Amen. Matthew, uh, let's look at Mark now. Mark 3. Mark 3 and verse 13. Verses 13 through 15. He goes up into a mountain and calls unto him whom he would, and they came unto him. And he ordained twelve that they should be with him and that he might send them forth to preach and to have power to heal sicknesses and to cast out devils. So he called a greater number. He chose 12 out for the specific role in that disciple role. But there were other disciples who weren't in that inner circle or in that higher place of responsibility. They had a part to play too. Amen? It says... Uh, that he, uh, he prayed about it. Did you see that? He, he went up into the mountain. And, and we'll look at Luke, which is telling us the same uh, uh, experience from Luke's uh, testimony. Luke 6, verse 12. Luke 6 and 12. Mark said he went up into a mountain. And so generally when it says Jesus went up into a mountain, he's, he's going up there to pray. And we see that from Luke 6. It says in verse 12, And it came to pass in those days that he went out into a mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer to God, all night in prayer to choose people who would be connected to the work of the Father, all night in prayer. And so department leaders, let's pray. Let's pray. And help people find their place in the local church. It's, it, don't leave it up to the pastor to, to look around and say, you know what? I think that person would make a good usher. Let me go talk to them about working with this team. I think that person would, would help us. I mean, if, they've got, if you walk in here with an iPad, AV's looking at you. They're like, they know how to work an iPad. They can work this computer up here, right? AV's looking at you. Oh, I got a techie in the house, Right? but pray Jesus prayed about the people that he was going to connect to the work of God he prayed about this uh, uh, calling them to work in the work of God 
And I want you to notice that these disciples, and we know it says he gave them power to heal sicknesses, power to cast out devils, uh, uh, power over unclean spirits and, and over all manner of disease. It makes those statements, but they weren't in full-time ministry all the time doing those things. We see them paying taxes. We see that Judas was a treasurer. That was a, a normal job. That was something that had to be done. It had to be accounted for. There had to be a system in place. When Jesus got ready to go into the triumphal uh, procession into the city, he sent disciples to go find a colt. He told them where to go and what to do. And they didn't look at him and say, hey, hey, I'm only here to cast out devils. I'm only here to lay hands on the sick. I, that's, that's, too, that's beneath me to go get your colt. You need to give that to somebody who doesn't have this kind of power. That You gave me power. That I'm, I'm, I only want to be in the pulpit ministry. I don't, I don't want to greet at the door. I don't want to help vacuum the floors. The floors need to be vacuumed. Do we all agree the floors need to be vacuumed? Right? So nobody can say, hey, it's okay for everybody to be at the pulpit, but nobody be vacuuming. No, somebody's got to vacuum the floor. It's something that needs to be done. There were disciples. The disciples were in the ministry doing the everyday, ordinary responsibilities of the ministry that needed to be done. Glory to God. Ephesians 4. Let's look at Jesus' plan for us. Ephesians 4. Glory. I don't know about you, but when, when I first got saved, I was just so glad to be there. I was like Minnie Pearl. I'm just so glad to be here. And, and I just the fact that they let me in the church. Because before, before Christ, I didn't think they would. I, I actually said, I can't go to church. They're not going to let me in there. They're not going to let me in there. Right? So I was just so glad to be in church. But boy, when I found out that God could use my life, Sign me up. One of the very the, the first thing I did in that church where I got saved was I did their bulletin board. Nobody was wanting to re, redo the bulletin board. I said, I'll do the bulletin board. I was so excited. And if they, when they let me sing, whoa, I thought, what a great, great honor that I get to sing in the church. So Ephesians 4, let's look at verse 11. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. He, Jesus, gave these, which we refer to as the fivefold ministry offices. The apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, and the teacher are not just people doing jobs. They are offices that have spiritual equipment in them. And, and because there's spiritual equipment in the office, they can minister out of that equipment and minister for God. And that's how our pastor can know some things. And while he doesn't even have to know that you're going through it, but he'll answer questions in the sermon that you've been asking God. It wasn't him. It's the office. He's just learning how to yield to that office. And, and we have a pastor who's developed in that office. Amen? Amen. And the equipment 
is in the office for the body. And the people who yield themselves and become developed in the, the office of the pastor or the office of the evangelist or the office of the apostle, those people are being uh, in that development and in that gaining of skill, God is able to use them to a greater impact and a greater efficiency in the body of Christ. But notice what the purpose is for these prophets and apostles and evangelists and pastors and teachers. It's not for prestige. It's not for recognition. It's for the perfecting or the developing of the saints. The whole reason they are in our lives is to help us be developed, to help us grow, to help us mature. The perfecting, the developing, the maturing of the saints, that's the purpose of these offices, to help us. And then it goes a step further. We're perfected. What is the reason we're perfected? We're matured. We're developed for the work of the ministry. But so many people think the work of the ministry is limited to the apostle, the pastor, the teacher, the prophet. They're the ones who do the work of the ministry. We're spectators. We come in and we sit and we say, rah, 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 sis, boom, bah. Go, pastor. Go, pastor. Go, pastor. We're there. We're going to cheer him on, right, while he does the work of the ministry. But that's not what it said. He perfects us. He matures us. The, the, the gifts in the body that Jesus gave to the body are to help the body grow. And so it says, I want to read this actually from uh, the Holman Christian Standard Bible. It says, for the training of the saints in the work of the ministry to build up the body of Christ. For the body of Christ to be built up, the saints, every one of us, you're a saint, You're a saint. Why? Because Jesus' blood made you holy. The saints aren't Peter and Paul. There's Saint Saint Jeremy, Saint Michelle, Saint Karen, right? We're, We're saints. We're believers. We're born again. We're holy unto God, right? And so the saints doing the work of the ministry builds up the body. Hallelujah. And how does that happen? We need to be trained. We need to be developed. The Weymouth translation says, in order fully to equip his people for the work of serving. I like that. To equip God's people for the work of serving. Jesus said, I am among you as a servant, and I've come to do my Father's will and to fulfill his work, to complete his work. And the Father's work is still under completion. We are still in that place where the work of God is being fulfilled. The work of God is is ongoing amongst us now. And he says that the equipping of God's people enables us to be involved in the work of serving for the building up of Christ's body. The Weist translation, the Weist expanded translation says, for the equipping of the saints for ministering work with a view to building up the body of Christ. Equipping the saints for ministering the work. For ministering work. Our ministry is to fulfill the work of God. 
We present our bodies as living sacrifices to fulfill the work of the Father. Amen? Let's go to Mark chapter 6 and let's see the work of the Father exampled in Jesus. Mark chapter 6, I want to look at verse 33. Look at your neighbor and say, it's his work and our privilege. Amen. Mark chapter 6, verse 33. And the people saw them departing, and many knew him, and ran afoot there out of the cities, and outwent him, and came together unto him. And Jesus, when he came out, saw much people, and was moved with compassion toward them. He was moved with compassion toward them because they were as sheep not having a shepherd and he began to teach them many things. So because of the compassion of God, when Jesus saw this multitude, he saw a a multitude of sheep who had no one caring for their well-being. No one directing them. No one leading them beside the still waters. No one taking them out to the green pastures. No one uh, overseeing the direction of their life. And his response was to teach them. And when the day was now far spent, his disciples came unto him and said, We're out in the desert, and it's getting late. Send them away Now, what was Jesus? He was moved with compassion. What are they saying? Send them away that they may go into the country round about and into the villages and buy themselves bread, for they have nothing to eat. And he answered and said unto them, you give them something to eat. The disciples, they said, send them away. And he said, no, you feed them. What's he, he's moved with the heart of a pastor, right? Pastor Jesus, Pastor Jesus is looking at this situation as the, what the people need, what's going to direct the people towards the green pastures and strengthen them. And so he begins to give them the word, the spiritual food. And the disciples, his ministry of helps workers come and say, we can't feed these people. They're going to be hungry soon. They don't have any food. Send them away. And Jesus, he says, you give them to eat. And they responded to this instruction with a question. Shall we go and buy 200 penny worth of bread and give them to eat? And he said, how many loaves do you have? Go and see. So I want you to go and and find what you have. Look to see what you have. They had not made any preparation. They didn't come prepared to feed the people, but they had something that God could work with. He said, you go look to see what you have. And they come back to him, and and, uh, they said, we have five loaves and two fish. How many loaves do you have? I have five, and we have two fish. And so Jesus, the pastor, speaks to the ministry of helps, and he tells them, let's set them down in companies on the green grass. Now, to set this multitude, 
We're going to look and see in, in later verses, there was 5,000 people, 5,000 men. And theologians go on to say they only counted the men. They're, they're most possibly, most probably was women and children in that group, but they're only counting the men. So 5,000 possibly plus, right? But even 5,000, he's told 12 disciples to take 5,000 people and put them in order, setting them down in numbered groups, numbered groups. And he commanded them, make them all sit down by companies, number them out with their company so that they're sitting, it says in verse 40, in ranks by hundreds and by fifties. So we got 5,000 people, they're hungry, they've been hearing the, the pastor preach all this time, and now he wants us to set them down in groups of hundreds and fifties. But they obeyed the instruction, and when he had taken the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and blessed and broke the loaves and gave them to his department leaders gave them to his ministry of help staff. He gave them to the disciples. Jesus didn't pray and then poof, he's got arm loads. He prayed and he still has five loaves and two fish. Do you see that? He prayed and it doesn't look like anything has happened, but he goes and he divides what's in his hands to those who are called to help. And as they distribute, it's multiplied in their hands. Amen. Do you see the work of God for the local church? It's not just about the pastor. The multiplication is in the hands of the people. The multiplication is in the hands of those who have joined themselves to the vision. The multiplication happens as, as you take your place at a camera, as you take your place at the front door, as you grab the vacuum and say, I want to have a part in the kingdom. I want to have a part to play. As you connect to the vision, there's the multiplication for us to reach the multitudes. Amen. Amen? And so Jesus blessed and he broke the five loaves and he gave, he, did, he gave it to his disciples and he gave it for them to set it before them. The two fish, he divided the two fish among those 12 disciples can you imagine two fish? It, and we know from another gospel, it was a little boy's lunch. So these weren't like whoppers. You got two fish and you break it up 12 times. So a handful of fish and a handful of bread, right? Five loaves of bread, a little boy's lunch. They weren't footlongs. Five loaves of bread, broke them up. I got a handful of bread, a handful of fish. But when I give my handful away, I still have a handful and I give my handful away, and I st my hands are still full. And I give it away, and I still have. To the, and, 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 and I got a little bit extra, and so I'm giving it away, and I, my hands are still full. My hands are still full Amen. as I'm distributing to the point that there were 12 baskets left over after everyone had eaten to their fill. Amen. Hallelujah. So Pastor Jesus gave to the helps ministry for the helps ministry to set before the people. Hallelujah. And the, the disciples distributed to the people, the multitude, 
of what had been blessed. Hallelujah. I want us to see the different ordinary tasks that were involved in this supernatural multiplication. They had to organize the people. They had to guide them where to sit. Sounds like an usher's job to me. That feeding the multitude as Jesus directed. That's what's taking place in children's ministry today. They're feeding the children as the pastor has directed them. Amen? The picking up the leftovers. The disciples had to go and pick up what was left. Hallelujah. So those were natural actions. We have a New Testament example as well. Acts chapter 6. Let's look at our New Testament example. And then we're going to honor the Lord in the receiving of the body and the blood of Jesus today. Acts chapter 6 and verse 1. In those days when the number of the disciples was multiplied, there arose a murmuring of the Grecians against the Hebrews because their widows were neglected in the daily ministration, or we would say the daily distribution. So this was a natural thing, the daily distribution. And because of the growth of the church, do you hear what I'm saying? This is a timely instruction. This isn't, I'm just preaching something so you'll go join a department. The Holy Spirit is letting us know that we need all hands on deck for what's getting ready to take place in our church. The growth in our church, the, the expansion in our church, the developing and the moving out into more is going to take a connection and people to help us reach the more. Amen? And so as the, the disciples were multiplied, as people were added to the church, there were things that were falling short people that were being neglected, things that weren't getting done because so many people had been added to the church. They didn't have this conversation with the church before it happened. God's having this conversation with us now so that as the multiplication takes place and the increase of our ability as God moves us out into a larger facility, as he moves us into a, a greater place of uh, uh, exposure, as he has told our pastor, when he does that, we're going to have helps ministry in place. Hallelujah. It says the 12 called the multitude of the disciples. So the 12 weren't the only disciples. There's a multitude now of people who have been learning and teaching. It's time for them to move beyond the bottle, move beyond the spoon feeding, move into the place of responsibility. They called the multitude and said, it is not reason or reasonable that we should leave the word of God and serve the tables. He didn't say it's beneath us to serve the tables. He said our priority has got to be the word. And we can't let go of the word to distribute the food, but the food needs to be distributed. We can't let go of the word. It all needs to be done and not to leave the other undone. And so he says it's not reasonable or correct or appropriate that we should leave the word so we're telling you to look among you, look among yourselves for seven men, and I want you to see, this is to distribute food, 
to distribute food. There was such a requirement to distribute food. Why? And I said this in our ministry workers annual meeting that we had back in January, and it it is so strong in my heart. Every person who is in a place or a position of leadership or representing the church, whether on the parking lot team, in the children's ministry, the ushers, the greeters, you're reflecting Jesus. You You are influencing people for Jesus. And if they see you losing your temper and 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 raising your voice in the parking lot at your husband or at your wife, they're gonna say, ooh. But they're going to go home saying, I thought they're supposed to be perfected in love. We're all in progress. I'm not putting condemnation on anybody, but I'm saying what we do represents Jesus. And we want to represent him accurately. That's why there is a standard of conduct for those who are in positions to represent the church. Because we don't want there to be a stumbling block in the lives of other people. It is in the ministry workers' guidelines that we don't drink. We are not sipping saints. If you want to put that, we're teetotalers. Why? Because we're not going to be a stumbling block. And the Bible, everything the Bible says about drinking wine is negative, It says wine is a mockery. I don't want you to be a mockery. And I don't want the the babies in the church to fall because they say, well, so-and-so, they can drink, so I can drink. They, They might be alcoholics who got saved and come to God. They don't need to be... And, and it's just, there's nothing positive about alcohol. You've not found anybody who said, I am successful today because alcohol has made me successful. I am successful today because I'm a pothead. No! <laughs> not in business and not in the church. And so there is a standard because we're representing God and we're, we're, we're influencing God's people. And we want to influence God's people. In the Old Testament, he had such a, 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 a design for those who were representing them that they couldn't have blemishes. They were, they, they, they were representing God. And we don't want to have spiritual blemishes where our flesh is being given rule or reign in areas and then hurt people who are trying to walk with God. That was extra, so praise God. You're welcome. Um, He said, look for people who are of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom so that we can appoint them over this business. It was natural, ordinary business, but they needed to bring a spiritual supply to the natural business. I remember... Steve Pitnick's testimony of how Rosemary Allred, who was a greeter in this church, Rosemary went to Bible school and she said at the onset, I know I'm not called to preach behind the pulpit. I know that I'm not called to the fivefold ministry or even a full time ministry, but I just want to have my part in the local church. And so she became a greeter. And when Rosemary Allred hugged you, the power of God hugged you. 
And Steve Pitnick, one of his first times, I think it was the first time that he ever came to this church, he said when, she, when he walked in the door and he wasn't raised in church or around church, and here's Rosemary, she put her Holy Ghost hands around him and welcomed him to the church, and he said, things lifted off of me. I felt a love from her that I'd never experienced. Amen? She was just a motherly, uh, uh, genuine woman who loved God. And, and that anointing ministered to him at the door before he ever heard the pastor preach. Of course, Steve had been in pastor's class in the jail, but before he'd ever been inside the church or sit through a service or had the anointing of God in the service, the anointing met him at the door Amen. through an anointed vessel who was connected to do her part of the work of God. Amen? And we've got testimony after testimony of ushers and greeters and people working in different aspects of the local church, how God can use them, how God has used people to touch other people's lives, not the service itself, not the preaching itself, but the anointing through the vessel who is serving in that place. That's what these men were doing. They were bringing a spiritual supply to a natural work. And when we bring a spiritual supply to the natural work of the local church, of, the, of, of the, the plan and the purpose that God has for faith builders, we'll grow in it. These men grew. Notice it says Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Ghost. Verse 5, Stephen, verse 8 says, he did great wonders and miracles among the people. How did he grow in that, that faith? How did he grow in that power? As he served, he grew. Amen? We also see there is Philip, the evangelist, who is the only evangelist listed over in Acts chapter 8 when he went, the only person named the evangelist. He's our only New Testament example, right? But where did he begin? He began serving, and when God found him faithful in the serving of the distribution of the food to the widows, he could be trusted with more. When we are developing in this ministry of serving, this bringing our part to the work of God, it's not something that uh, we look at and say, well, I started out low and I ended up big. No, every part is honorable. Vacuuming the floors is an honorable thing when it's God's floor you're vacuuming. Amen? It's not beneath me. I've done, I've done the vacuuming. I've done the commodes. It's a glorious thing when God's commodes are clean. We, we want the, the, the house of God. We want to honor God by making sure his commodes are clean. Why? Because he says, by love, serve one another. By love, serve one another. Amen? The word here that I want us to look at when it says, um, it says they, in verse 6, when they set these men before the apostles, they prayed and they laid their hands on them. That was significant. It's not, hey, you do this. Go feed the, feed the widows. Hey, you, just go distribute that food. No, you come here. We're going to impart because we want you to do this 
for the work of God with the power of God. So they laid their hands on them, and what was the result? The word of God increased, and the number of the disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly, and a great company of the priests were obedient to the faith. So this is a pattern for church growth. This is a pattern as, as we all take our place, God can trust us with more and bring more to us. Amen? This business that God has assigned is holy business. The work of the ministry is his work. It is our part in the body as a family. The, the local church is a family. Amen. We are the family of God. And we all have a part in the house. Amen? We all have a part in the house. And there's fulfillment when we find our part and we connect to do our part.